1: Today on the Indo-Daily, COVID numbers on the increase once again.
0: If you're in a room with one other person that's not wearing a mask and is infected and maybe they don't know they're infected or they haven't bothered to isolate, you're very likely to get infected.
1: Well COVID is surging worldwide, in Hong Kong there's been a deadly Omicron wave.
0: It's feared that Hong Kong could run out of coffins within days. In under three months, Hong Kong's recorded nearly a million infections and more than 4,600 deaths. The bulk of them in these cities'
1: unvaccinated elderly population. And in Austria, masks have been reintroduced. While here, the number of people hospitalised with COVID-19 is at the highest level seen in over a year. Certainly what
2: we are seeing from a hospitalisation perspective, as you said, 1,308 people this morning in hospital. That has been a significant increase in the past 14 days, about 75 But
1: the government says masks won't be reintroduced. Uh, this is another wave, but uh, we don't anticipate it will necessitate the reimposition of restrictions. Well, I'm Siobhan Maguire, and today on the Indo-Daily, we look at Ireland's COVID cases. Joining me are Professor John Ryan, lecturer in emergency medicine at UCD and a consultant at St. Vincent's University Hospital. And Kingston Mills, professor of experimental immunology at the School of Biochemistry and Immunology at Trinity College, Dublin. Professor Mills, well, it's happened. We've had the influx of cases. How can this happen in a population so well vaccinated?
0: What we know about the vaccines are they're um, highly effective at preventing severe disease, but they're not so effective at preventing infection. So even um, three doses, um, people can get infected. Now, they won't get a very severe disease and most of them won't end up in hospital, but some do. Um, so, so, while the vaccines are helping to reduce the severity of the disease, they're not stopping infections. And that combined with the fact that all the, the public health restrictions have been eased and mask wearing has largely been abandoned um, has resulted in making it easier for this highly transmissible variant, the Omicron and the subvariant BA2, to, to, to continue to spread in the population.
1: And uh, have we, the public, become too complacent, uh, Professor? Or, you know, was the government uh, far too quick in lifting restrictions?
0: I think there was a lot of public pressure brought to bear on the uh, on the government and on the HSE and the, and the Department of Health to to uh, ditch the restrictions and the, and the mask wearing. Today is a good day. Earlier, my government colleagues and I. Met to consider the latest i was quite surprised myself uh, when the announcement came uh, you know a month ago whenever it was that um, that all restrictions would be eased more or less straight away therefore from 6am tomorrow morning the majority of public health measures that we have had to live with will be removed. I would have preferred to see um, some of the measures, in particular mask wearing in public transport and in settings where it's not a particular inconvenience to wear a mask for for a, a train or bus journey or in, in, a, in a cinema, for example. So, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, whether, whether it's right or wrong, um, and I'm, I'm not advocating that we go back to it, uh, whether it's right or wrong, it's what certainly contributed to the the resurgence of cases, especially with a variant that's so transmissible. We do know that um, Omicron is more transmissible than Delta. And we know that this BA2 variant, which now seems to be the dominant variant in a lot of countries, um, including Ireland, it's even more transmissible than the original Omicron.
1: Professor Mills, how do we know what kind of of variant uh, we have
0: well, the, the the most definitive way of 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 um, assigning um, whether um, a particular virus is 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 of one variant or another is doing sequencing on it. Now, this is quite cumbersome and, and time consuming and expensive too, so it's not done in every sample. And in particular, now that um, you know more than half, up to three quarters of the samples that are tested positive are done by people themselves doing antigen tests, and there's no way in an antigen test you can tell what the variant is. By the PCR test, you can tell because the Delta variant um, can be discriminated from the Omicron, and the Omicron can be discriminated from the BA2 B- based on the PCR test without the need for sequencing because this S gene appears in um, the BA2, but it doesn't appear in the, the the original Omicron and in the Delta, which is now, you know, most most of the cases are no longer Delta. According to the public uh, health um, documents released recently up to the um, um, end of the first week in March, um, <clears throat> BA2 was looking like it was heading to be about 70 to 80 percent of the cases in Ireland. So we do know now, based on this PCR, which you can extrapolate that then to the whole population, rough, making a rough estimate that we have the dominance here now of the BA2.
1: Is the BA2 more severe than Omicron?
0: In, in terms of disease, it doesn't seem to be, but it is more transmissible. And that's why um in part why we we've seen this resurgence, because the resurgence has coincided with a number of events. The the, the switch from BA one, which was original Omicron, to BA two, but also of course the dropping of, of restrictions. So it's a combination of both of those factors that has contributed to and it's extremely easy now. If if to get infected, if if you're in a room with one other person that's not wearing a mask and is infected and maybe they don't know they're infected um, or they haven't bothered to isolate, um, you're very likely to get infected. So, you know, that wasn't the case that the original, the original variants weren't nearly as transmissible as as the ones we have now. So this is making it very difficult to stop the transmission without any measures to, to, to prevent it.
1: But you have to be also not wearing a mask. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, like the, wearing a mask, um, it, it gives you some protection from people who are not wearing a mask, but the most effective protection is conferred on a whole population when they're all wearing masks. So, if you're infected and you're wearing a mask, effectively, the mask will trap most of the virus particles in the mask. So, you know, the best, the the, the second best is for the person who's infected to wear the mask, and and, and the third best is for you know a person that doesn't want to get infected to wear a mask. But, but that's because it's not so effective because when you're breathing in the air, the 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 um, the 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 literally the air is full of the virus particles, and when you the air has to come into the mask down the side when you're breathing in, so you're going to suck in potentially some virus particles. So wearing a mask to stop yourself getting infected is less effective than somebody who's infected wearing a mask and stopping transmitting to others.
1: Professor Mills, are you across what's happening uh, elsewhere in the world? I mean, we see, you know, Hong Kong's in a pretty bad way at the moment. And then you have the likes of, say, Austria, that had, uh, you know, gotten rid of the mandatory mask wearing, but has very quickly put it back into place.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I was looking this morning at um, the statistics for a number of European countries. And, um, um, you know, most of the, the European ones, Switzerland, Netherlands, Germany, Greece, France, the old you know, it's like Ireland had had a major peak, um, you know, uh, towards the end of January. And then most of the numbers started dropping. Um, and, you know, we're still, you know, compared with other countries, even though we're getting a little resurgence recently, we're still in a pretty good place in that we're one of the lower ones in Europe. Only countries like Belgium, who had very high numbers and initially are lower than us now. And, um, like, and the other one is Denmark. Denmark had the highest case numbers at one stage um, and now have, have quite low numbers. So one of the things that's uh, that's happening is because of the very high case numbers, this is actually conferring a lot of immunity in the population on top of the vaccines. So people who got two or even three doses of vaccines then get infected with Omicron or BA2. Now they have really good antibody responses against Omicron or BA2 and the chances of them getting reinfected are very minimal. Now, very interesting point, you mentioned Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, they're having a huge surge in cases, but not only having a huge surge in cases, they're a huge number of deaths. Next to Hong Kong, though, where a new wave of COVID is ripping through the city, there's been a deadly Omicron surge and a rising number of COVID-related deaths. Hong Kong's population of 7.5 million, which is about one and a half times the size of Ireland, And in a two-week period, they had 4,000 deaths. Ireland has had 6,000 in two years. So why has Hong Kong had so many deaths? The reason is most likely because the number of people in the older population that have been vaccinated is actually quite low. For some reason, the older population in Hong Kong have not taken up the vaccines. And now the consequences of that, a lot of them have died from Omicron. So even though people have said Omicron is a mild disease, it's a mild disease in people who have been immunized. It's not necessarily a mild disease in people who are, who have not been vaccinated, and that's the the evidence for that is coming from Hong Kong,
1: and this massive um, surge in Ireland uh, on foot of the the Patrick's Day, um four-day weekend, can we say? That was to be expected a little bit, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was entirely to be expected because you're going to put, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people um, in it together. You know, I, I don't think the outdoor activities of of, of watching parades is a, is a big issue. I think the bigger issues were all the events associated with that that would be indoor, whether that be socialising or transport to and from um from the event. So, so, so you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're creating a, an ideal environment for transmission of the virus by putting a lot of people together, either in buses, trains, or in, in pubs or restaurants. And, and that inevitably results. And, and then none of those are wearing masks, there are a lot or not. Some still are wearing masks in public transport, but a lot are not. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's contributed, no doubt, to the, the resurgence post St. Patrick's Day.
1: And we have
2: huge amounts of misinformation that's out there. The misinformation that Omicron is mild, misinformation that the pandemic is over, misinformation that this is the last variant that we will have to deal with, this is really causing a lot of confusion that's out there. So we are seeing increases in case detection around the world for a number of reasons. These are the same factors that have been driving transmission of this virus since the beginning of
1: the pandemic. Professor John Ryan in an article in the Sunday Independent at the weekend, you did warn of the increased transmission because of socialising over St. Patrick's weekend. Um, I guess I want to ask you about uh, what's happening in St. Vincent's University Hospital. Um, You say it's never been busier. Perhaps you can paint a picture for me as to what it's like currently.
2: so so The hospital itself is exceptionally busy Mm. um, because our numbers of attendances have increased almost 20% to the emergency department from our pre-COVID era. So obviously numbers went down during the the first uh, waves. And in 2020, um, people were afraid to go out. And um, when we were in lockdown, injuries were less common, um, contact sports weren't being played, mm. clubs were being closed and so on. So so attendances dropped. Um, then when we opened up, to use a phrase, attendances started to increase again. Um, people needed access to secondary care that perhaps they had been deprived of a little bit in uh, in 2020 2021, And then people had perhaps got out of habit of, of seeing their primary care position. So many people chose to attend the emergency department to seek their primary care as well. So from a multifactorial perception, our, our numbers ended up going up around 20%. Now, that's led to, had a knock-on uh, increase in um, admissions to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's... Uh, when we've previously been running at 100% capacity, um, that's made it for very difficult for patient flow through the system because the only way we can improve that is by decreasing overall hospital length of stay. That means there's pressure on us to move people through the hospital system much quicker, to utilize community services, so to access community services, to get people out of the hospital. And back to their primary care physicians or back to the community care. And we can only do that if um, if they're well supported, if access to nursing homes are possible, if access to community care is, is possible. And that slows down as well. So that was where we were leading to until you know, the last couple of weeks. And so now that um, the numbers of Uh, COVID uh, uh, in the community are going up again, largely from BA2, you understand, because um, uh, BA2 is is highly infectious and probably the most infectious um, uh, Omicron and and infectious COVID-19 that we've had uh, to date. And so it's it's never been easier uh, to get COVID. And so obviously numbers are now rising. And with numbers rising, people are getting sicker. Uh, and then they're coming to the emergency department. Now, the good news is uh, that, um, in general, uh, people presenting uh, are not as sick as they were when we had Delta a year ago. So our admissions to intensive care are nowhere like they were um, a year ago. Nationally, we've only got about 47 people in intensive care uh, compared to well um, excess of of that this time last year. But what we are seeing is that it's, it's making... People um, on the edge, very sick. So, if you're elderly, if you're in your 80s and 90s, and you've got comorbid disease—in other words, if you have diabetes and renal failure and dementia—and your immobility is poor, and then you get um, Omicron BA2 on top of that, that can—that's the, the, what leads to your decompensation and your inability to manage at home in the community, uh, and you end up coming to hospital. And that's led to a big demand now on us, our our numbers, I think, in the hospital here around 80 now, Um, and that's doubled, I think, in the last month, um, patients with COVID. So that's, that's where the pressure is coming from um just as i as i talk to you i'm looking through so you know the ages 93 92 91 90 90, 90 90 89 88 88 88 87 87 87 85 and so on whole page there are people in their 80s so uh and these are people with with high dependency um it's not um somebody with an ankle sprain from a football match at the weekend you these are people with multiple comorbid pathologies that need um, uh, a lot of complex care.
1: That really highlights the fact that there is still, uh, you know, a huge uh, vulnerable cohort within our society um, that need to be protected from COVID. Yeah. Still, uh, have yeah, we I agree have, with that. have we been a, a little bit hasty, Professor, in removing masks and, and letting everyone get out and about again?
2: Well, may, maybe you have, but I haven't. Yeah, uh, um, I'm certainly uh, not going out and about. I'm certainly not going to places without really wearing my mask uh, if I'm mixing in a crowd. Yeah, um, and you know this is a disease that is transmitted um, from the, through the respiratory tract, <clears throat> and it can only um, survive if it jumps from one person to another, uh, and it has to jump through the respiratory tract. So, it's pretty logical, really, to keep your keep your mouth and your nose covered. There's indirect suffering uh, happening because we're still in a situation where if you have COVID, you need to isolate uh, for seven days and wear a mask for another three days after that. And that's taking out a high number of people in the community. So it's taking out my... Uh, consulting colleagues, it's taking out my registrars, my senior house officers, it's taking out the porters, the radiographers, the nurses, um, the, the, the domestic staff in the hospital. Um, and that means that certain operations can't get done, certain clinics uh, need to be uh, restricted, um, and, and the provision of healthcare is is much more challenging when you've got uh, less people around. So it's when, when uh, COVID impacts um, on society and society slows down. There is um, an inevitable knock-on suffering in the community as well. And that's hard for, for the layperson to see and to quantify, to be honest.
1: What's morale like within the hospital? Because, I mean, you you guys have had an, a, it non-stop in terms of workload where COVID is concerned.
2: You know, we, we've got really dedicated staff, you know, um, yeah. and uh, they're... Um, you know they yeah, they give well above um, what uh, what other people do I think and, and, and not many realise that you know that you we've got people who are immunosuppressed coming to work, uh, people who shouldn't be mixing in COVID environments coming to work. So they, they're very dedicated. Um, yes, it it is tiring. It is challenging, um, and uh, um, for some people who. Aren't in the in the capacity or in a place in their jobs to be able to affect change. Um, when you can see uh, crowding in emergency departments or crowding in hospitals, that makes it that makes it challenging for them for sure.
1: Can I ask, in your own opinion, Professor, is it time to reintroduce restrictions?
2: Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, the restrictions you know that uh, of sort of lockdown and all of those, I. I don't think so. Um, you know what? What we needed to see is, um, is is the healthcare system be able to function properly. Okay, so that's that's the big. You know, that was we go back two years ago. That was the reasons why. Yeah, you know, because we have to have a healthcare system. Um, and uh, if people are going to end up in intensive care and people end up dying, then um, we need to to restrict. Now w- we're not seeing huge numbers of people going into intensive care. Um, but we are seeing um, you know large numbers of people coming into hospital. Now we need to watch that. want to watch it closely uh, because if, um, if 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 that increases um, and then that then leads to a restriction in um, normal hospital and normal uh, primary care being able to continue, then uh, then that question needs to certainly be revisited. Um, but you know there's this concept of personal responsibility. Um, and that's, I think, uh, much more important than restriction. And that's where the emphasis should be. Um, and that's where we need you know, leadership and examples or right throughout society. And, and, and uh, you know, we've been well served by the uh, personal hygiene, hand washing, social distancing, mask wearing. Uh, and that's got us on top of, of, of all the previous waves. Um, and vaccination uh, and getting your booster vaccine. So if we can get those messages across and get compliance on those, there's still a lot of people out there who haven't got their vaccines, and uh, we need to look at those and we'll work or work around that. So there, that's where the I think the emphasis on, uh, should be placed, um, and, but greater awareness too by um, by people about where the pressures are coming on in the healthcare service and what people themselves can do to uh, to protect the healthcare their their healthcare service, yeah, and to protect themselves. It doesn't necessarily mean lockdown and working from home all the time and not socialising. People, people just need to be smart about uh, how they're going to write their business.
1: For the people have those boosters and third doses will have to consider a fourth dose uh, quite soon now for people who are um, uh, senior citizens or are medically vulnerable um, and we will need to continue to emphasise the advice that if people have symptoms, uh, you need to stay at home. And so just back to you, Professor Mills, What's likely to happen now? Will case numbers get worse before things get better?
0: I don't think we're going to see a huge resurgence, hopefully. Um, and, and, and that's because of what I've said earlier, that because so many people have now been infected with Omicron, I I, mean, I, I would estimate that more than half of the Irish population has been infected uh, since the um, Omicron arrived. If that's the case, and, and combined with, with vaccines, we now have a very high level of, of immunity in the population. I think there are a small number of people who haven't been vaccinated and a lot of people who haven't been boosted and think, if they haven't been infected, I would strongly encourage them to go and, and, and get the, the, the third immunisation, because there's no doubt that three immunisations is better than two. And um, if, if so, you know, preventing hospitalisation is key here and preventing ICU admission. I don't think we're going to see huge resurgence. I think, we, we you know, that the wave hopefully will settle down now post uh, the St. Patrick's Day problems. And, you know, it, 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 hopefully it will peter out towards the end of, of the spring into the summer.
1: My thanks there to Professor Kingston Mills and Professor John Ryan. Well, I'm Siobhan Maguire, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Kieran Dunbar, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound by John Smith clips from independent.ie your own news and the Claire Byrne show on RT Radio 1 if you enjoy the Indo Daily don't forget to like follow and leave us a review